Hey everyone, welcome to the Beyond Extent podcast, a podcast dedicated to a chat between two environment artists discussing everything about the industry we work in. I'm Timothy and I'm joined by William, who is a friend and fellow colleague of mine. In this episode, we will be discussing the length of video games, if it's time to break the $60 mark, and our own opinions on some of the changes we would love to see in the future of the games industry when it comes to the creation of games. We had fun creating this episode and I'll hope you'll enjoy it too. Let's dive in. Hey, William. Hey, what's up? Doing good, man. It's been uh, it's been getting nice and warm out here. Like uh, we recently bought like an AC to just keep ourselves cool. We feel so. Oh. <laughs> we we feel like rich people now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm I I bought a fan, which yeah. uh, for now has been enough. But sometimes my PC gets really warm, oh, and man. then the whole you know just. I don't know. It gets it gets really warm in my room. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the main thing. I sit so close to my PC and it's just blasting hot air into my face constantly. So Yeah. The yeah. thing is though, in Spain I never wanted to buy an AC because I didn't know, you know, if, if I was gonna move. You know, I didn't want to spend that much money when I was gonna move mm. or whatever. And yeah, yeah. it's just that for an AC you would need, you know, you, you need the hose to go out the window or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I can't really do that because I'm on the first, like I'm on the ground floor, so oh, I can't really, right. I, I can't really just have my window open all the time, you know, because it gets, I don't know, it's, I don't know, I just don't like having my window open all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have Especially. one of those uh, smaller ACs that that you have to refill with water, and we're oh. not sure what to do with it. So hey, we can we can throw that by if you want. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> It just turns right. into a podcast about me giving my AC to you. <laughs> All right, man. Cool. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> How are you doing, by the way? Um, yeah, I mean, good. For me, you know, it's warm, but it's fine. I'm not doing anything, really. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been good, though. Mm. Just, just, you know, chilling, I guess. Oh, yeah. Working. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, there was this um, there was this article going around from WCCF Tech that talks about like uh, it's it's a former PlayStation executive calling for um, well, basically more two to fifteen hour AAA games, mm-hmm. um, like and- shorter experiences. Yeah, yeah, and maybe I think that from from like a developer standpoint, that that turns into like smaller teams too. Mm. And yeah, it would be it would be kind of nice to just dive into that and and just have a talk about it from from our perspective, because yeah. it will be quite interesting how we react to it. Because I'm a big open world fan, yeah. So yeah, just let's dive into it. So yeah, I mean, yeah, go ahead. So I think so. I think um, for me personally, it's I I sometimes I play these types of games. Like um, I don't know how long the the Uncharted Four was. It, I think it was a little bit longer than that, right? It's it's mm. I mean, of course it's a huge game, but it's not that long of a game. I think it's like twenty hours maybe. Yeah. I don't know. yeah. Um, but it's like 
it's like a concise linear experience, right? You just want to, you, there's not really any decisions you can make. There's no open world, but it's just curated for you, right? It's, you experience it the way that the developer wants you to. Yeah. Like a, a really linear experience. Yeah. And I think that can be in case of Uncharted, for example, it could be super impressive uh, if if you know the graphics, the narrative, all that type of stuff is is, is cool, and of course the like the core gameplay loop, mm-hmm. and I can definitely really enjoy those games. But I'm usually that that's usually not my go-to type of game. I'm I like games that are, yeah, I like open-world games as well. But I also like games that have, um, I like like multiplayer games like Counter Strike, for example, which is content-wise, if you think about it, is a is a tiny game as well. You know, it's 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 not got a thousand guns. It's not got quests or crazy stuff. It's just like you know, a couple maps, a couple of guns. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's more but about the still... progression of it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's about the teamwork and playing together, and it's it's and you can still spend like thousands of hours in it, even though it's it's a smaller game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I for me, it's a completely different thing when I'm when I'm playing something like. Um, like for example, Firewatch, right? Firewatch is this indie game from uh, Campo Santo mm-hmm. that is, it's I think it's like a three-hour-long game, but it's That's a so full, good. yeah, it's it's a linear um, experience, more or less linear. I think I don't think there's a lot of choices you can make, um, but it's a really narrative thing, and that for me is not like playing a game for me. It's more like watching something, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, experience-wise, I mean, but it's um, so. So I, I can't even treat it as as the same thing. But bo- I, I I enjoy both of those type of things really much, very much. So yeah, it's... yeah. Like if you talk about those games, like Firewatch and well, what are, what are some other good examples? Like Journey, I think they Journey, all yeah. they all fall into like the same category where it's not about um the gameplay per se or like making it super interesting but it's more about the experience of it like yeah. you just going through it and just like enjoying being in that world and it's something that is less gamey and it's more it's more about like the what do you call it it's it's, it's more of a deep experience because it's yeah. it's playing on your emotions instead of just on your pure satisfaction for like oh this game is fun yeah if that makes sense but yeah, I, yeah I, I totally agree. Like, um, I've I've been a big fan of open world games myself. Um, yeah. But I keep thinking back about like to uh, Metro Exodus. I don't know if you played that game. Um, I played it. Uh, I loved it, and I stopped when I had to go into a bunker full of spiders. <laughs> Man, I think it's... I made it out of that bunker, and then it was like, no. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's. I literally couldn't fit. I hate spiders so much. Yeah. And that that uh scene, or that 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 part of the game, um, first of all, you can't change your field of view, so mm-hmm. you're always it's always super narrow, and you feel like there's everything like there's a lot of stuff going on behind you. The sound is so creepy. There's fucking animations where when you go through like a cobweb and you, well, you burn yeah. it down, there's this huge <laughs> spider that will crawl up on your arm. Uh-huh. And that that just makes me shoot an entire magazine into nothing, <laughs> and then and then you just hear these little the little feet tapping around everywhere. And dude, it's man, I, I, I love that game. I really do, and I really want to finish it, but I can't. 
<laughs> that that is such a scary section because like Dude. up until that point it's just like you running around in like really open open areas and then yeah. it's like this sudden switch of like oh you're going down with like an elevator into a bunker and <sighs> remember remember the first scene i think you go down and then you have this this sandy area between like a couple of pillars and you just know that something's going to go wrong yeah, I think I think I'm I'm not even sure if I have made it that far yet. I'm like just into the bunker, man. It's dude, it's I hate it so much. I hate I hate it so much. It's so <laughs> fucking it creeps me out so much. Yeah. But I, I but it's but yeah, but but it's a great game is what I'm saying. It's it's really it feels so good. It's 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 got this amazing. I I I always loved the whole Metro uh serious because it's oh, so me too, man all the guns are so cool like i really like it's it's a completely different take on um on like a post-apocalyptic society with them like living in the metro uh oh, tunnels and stuff I, it's I, would, really cool. I would spend like a lot of time just walking through the metros and like looking how they set up their societies and just like yeah. looking up and down because they had like multiple stories and all that stuff like it's so cool but the, the, I, yeah like it's it's amazing that a game can do that to you, right? When right. when you have this feeling like, oh shit, I should drop the game, which like by itself is not really a good thing for like to <laughs> develop that game technically, yeah. but it, yeah. it's 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 crazy that a game can do that to you when yeah. you're just like, no, fuck it, I had my limit. Like I don't want to I don't want to deal with these awful spiders. Let's, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That is so weird, right? I, I don't know why it, it it fucks with me so much, but I, they just did it so well. They they they. Oh, dude, would you play you that know? in VR? Oh my god, I would. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I would dead. just run out of uh, like in front of the street and get hit by a car rather than than that, dude. It's that is that must be the most horrifying thing in the world. Oh god. Yeah, that that part was fucking creepy. Like just the sound design. If you have like a good, a good uh, surround headset uh, or something, it just like. Ugh. I was playing it at night too. That section. Oh my god! And, what are you yeah. crazy? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, but the, the 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 reason why I bring that up is because it is such a good blend of linear mm. and open world, right? Yeah. Because they. You have these linear pathways, but there's just enough open world in it to still reward exploration. Mm. It's such a cool way how they did it. Like it, it does feel gamey that you're that you're going from one map to the to the to the other one, and it's like yeah. an arena. But I don't see a way that you can uh, work your way around that. Also, the arenas are so big that it's not a problem. Yeah, feel, that's for, true to me. The, the arenas are pretty big, actually, if you think about it. Like the, is that the first one where there's the, the swampy area where you're in that swampy area with mm -hmm. the, with the little church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh my god, man! That area's, that giant fish scared me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that kind of stuff too, but not nearly as much as spiders. So I, you know, 
It was just like the feeling of like rowing really slowly <laughs> with your boat, and then it's like, oh, this this fucking giant fish is in this pond, and it's just like, oh, yeah, it's a uh, telasophobia, dude. It's the the fear of uh, not knowing what's under you when you're in the water. I think that's oh, what it is. Really? And that's the, yeah, man. That's oh, I have that in real dude. life, man, for sure. Yeah, man. Oh, dude, same. I can't swim in a lake, <laughs> dude. It's it's the scariest shit. Um, it, it comes from, for me, it comes from like an experience that I had in uh, in Spain, I think, where there was like this this small beach with like a, only a couple of people on it. But then when you when you swam into the water, it was like you were standing on rocks, and then it would be like a solid cliff going down. Oh. But I I didn't oh. realize it, so I was just like walking around, and then I slipped off the cliff. Like I opened my eyes on the water, and it was just like a. <laughs> Oh my god, the cliff going straight down, man. That scared me so hard. There was like giant fish swimming in it too. It's just like, just like normal everyday fish, like nothing scary. But it's just like, oh, just seeing that. It's just like, oh no, I need to get out of here. Yeah, I'm yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit's scary, man. Why are we just talking about what scares us right now? I don't know, man. This is like a, <laughs> this is like a <laughs> Halloween episode of the podcast. <laughs> 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 yeah, a couple months early. <laughs> yeah, let's but yeah, no. Go ahead. But yeah, I, I agree with what, what you're saying. Like that's that's a perfect blend of the two, right? And I don't know how how long Metro Exodus is because I didn't finish it, obviously. <laughs> um, but I do think it it can make sense to to choose something a little bit more linear mm-hmm. if that's what you're trying to do, right? So uh, let's look at um, let's look at The Witcher, mm-hmm. Witcher Three, which is I think most most everyone agrees is an amazing game, um, but the 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 fact that you're so free and you can do so much stuff, yeah, sometimes it can it can like it can make you pay less attention to the main story, mm-hmm. which is weird if they if they have this kind of urgency behind it, right? They're trying to sell this urgent thing that you have to do a lot of the time, yeah. But then you're just playing Gwent in a tavern. That's right. the thing, like the, the attention to detail to everything in that game makes it really hard to focus on what's your main priority, I feel. Yes, and I think if if Witcher wanted wanted to be a super narrative-driven game, then it would completely make sense to, to say, okay, let's do it 50 hours, just play through the story. But that's not what Witcher is about. Witcher is about going into some woods and finding a, a fucking... Uh, uh, Kikimara, is that what they're called? And then fighting it, then getting some so cool, uh, like, and then having its head dangling off your horse, mm-hmm. you know? That's, or going to a cave and finding the, the, the cool armor blueprints or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's not about and, the one time that I helped an old, old lady with her pan. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not about that. And it's, um, because that's, that's, I think that's the most important thing is you have to know what your game wants to be, right? Yeah, because that was so confusing to me. I was doing that that quest, but like the lady, the lady with her like her panicle, that was how was it? Like it was in her building, but it was like taken over by monsters. So she just wanted to get her pan back or whatever. And it felt like such a uh, a big experience that I that I thought it was like, oh, this is gonna lead up to something big in like the main quest line or whatever. But no, it was just right. like a really elaborate side quest. And that's probably like the one of the smaller examples that I could bring up. But that game is is so crazy. Because yeah. I I never finished it. 
because at a certain point I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm on the on this new island. Uh, I got a bit mm. overwhelmed with all the stuff that I could do, and I knew that I could have could have done like a lot more on the other island too. So I was kind of thinking about that too, and I was like, oh my god, I'm never gonna finish this game. And then I dropped it for like a couple of months, and then I came back to it. And then I was so lost with where I was because, like, I had, like, a thousand quests in my quest log. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, no, I don't know where to begin. I feel like that's a big problem, actually. Just the sheer amount of quests that you get. It's, mm -hmm. it's so crazy. You open your quest log and it's 37 quests. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what am I going to do first? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, but to yeah. come back to what we're actually talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. I, so that's that's from the gamer's perspective, right? It's it's about either you want to have this kind of experience or that kind of experience. I mean, there's of course there's different ones. You can play a racing game or whatever, a sports game, mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. But um, from a from a developer's perspective, it definitely makes sense to make shorter games because a lot of the time people can enjoy them just as much yeah. as a longer game. But it takes a lot less resources, right? And the, the, of course, we're talking about uh, a lot of the time. You know, oh man, games—they—they—they they, they want to, you know, they want to make your playtime longer. They want to get the in-game. Uh, they want to get sell you stuff. All that, uh, all that kind of thing that people complain about. Mm -hmm. But you also have to think about games in the last five years or ten years have gotten so much bigger, and they still cost the same, right? Yeah, like if you play, if you want to buy a game for PS3 or for PS4 a couple of years ago, and now it's it's the same thing. Yeah, but there's like five times the amount of people, or I don't know, you know, but the, the teams are huge, mm -hmm. and the the amount of content is huge. So I think yeah. it definitely can make sense to say, hey, let's just cut this all down a little bit, make one great linear experience, and then. Yeah, and then, and then just hope that that's enough to to make people love it and buy it. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, if you if you're making a short game like that, you don't have the opportunity, like a game, for example, like Counter Strike does, to make a gigantic amount of money because people are playing the game for thousands of hours and they want to buy uh, cool weapon skins. Yeah, exactly. Because they're they're all trying to get better quicker, right? Like, there's no such thing in, like, an open-world game. Especially the single-player ones. Uh, but, yeah. Like, uh, you brought up a good point where it's, like, you have a massive amount of people working on these super-giant games, like, these massive open-world games. Whereas, you could make, like, a really solid linear experience with, like, a small development team. Like, um, what what is, like, a good size for a development team? I think, like, 70 people is something that a lot of companies try to work towards if they're working on their project. But, yeah, some, some companies just have, like, a, a massive amount of people working on it. And that means that they all need to get paid. So then the game needs to sell way more copies than, yeah. like, a... A smaller AAA game would do, like a more linear experience would do. Mm. But then on the other side, I feel this might be somewhat, somewhat controversial, but I feel that the linear games need to be so much 
better designed than the open world games because the open world games they rely on the structure and their like expansiveness that not mm-hmm. everything is going to be designed up until a point where mm-hmm. it's like super polished like you can get away with stuff in like an open world game if that makes sense yeah i mean skyrim is like right is praised as one of the best games ever mm-hmm. same as like red dead redemption they have a ton of bugs because i mean of course they have because there's so much stuff that you can do yeah, yeah but if i don't know what's like a good example of a of a linear game that a lot of people like well like uncharted like uncharted or portal even right even mm. something like portal which is like a crowd favorite yeah yeah even that if that had a ton of bugs people it, it probably wouldn't be as uh as as well received because they can't get away with it because of course it's just if 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 you break one level then you break a big part of the game but if you yeah, break yeah. you break the uh, progression uh, for like the entire game basically in the linear experience yeah but if you break i don't know one npc interaction and you can't do that one side quest eh, all right i'll just skip that one yeah yeah exactly yeah i think this is something that i that i mentioned before as well i don't know if i did on the podcast but i would love to see uh the bigger studios focus more on like smaller experiences too mm-hmm. where we're kind of doing that already like and i feel like we're going through a process where we're kind of adapting to it but we have so many people that are really experienced in what they do and it's kind of a shame that everyone's working on these well not everyone but like a lot of people are working on these these massive open world games and they take like a couple of years to to uh to release right Mm -hmm. and this also comes back to a point where from like an artist working on such developments i come from frontier developments where i have uh planet coaster i worked on jurassic world and then i worked on planet zoo like in two years right it was super fulfilling for me to just go from like okay like we're getting to the end of planet uh planet coaster at that time like it was like six months in or whatever like a year in when i joined and then we developed um jurassic world in like another year mm-hmm. so it's like super fulfilling because you're you're just jumping from one project to the next and it's right. like oh it's something different like oh we can try new stuff like we can try to push new things whereas on the larger games it's such I sometimes feel the weight of just like all these years that nothing has been released is is gotcha. sometimes it's sometimes like uh I think it weighs on like the artist's shoulders because a lot of us are just um like even even before we go into the industry we were so focused on working on personal work and getting that stuff out there and then you get into the industry and then you have to wait for like a couple of years that you can't say or show anything yeah 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 because you just want to share all the cool stuff you're doing with the world mm-hmm. yeah and it's also from like a, a personal progression standpoint where it's like you're uh say you're not you're no longer working on personal work so like the the work that you do at work is the stuff that you want in your portfolio yeah. and say say in the case you're looking for a next job and you worked at this company for three years but the game hasn't been released yet then there's this entire period that's just blank basically Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean that's uh, that's like a minor point to it, but I feel as an artist that might be that might be cool. one of the bigger things. Yeah, man. I'm so I'm 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 trying to think about games that I've worked on, and what comes to mind is um is uh, Overkill's The Walking Dead, right? Mm-hmm. So to start again again by Starbeast, I, I worked on it when I was working at uh, Eddie Three D, an outsourcing company, and um, the game actually looked pretty good. It was it was it had fine graphics, so I was I was happy with what I was doing on it. Right, unfortunately, the game absolutely tanked. I think they actually removed it from Steam because nobody was buying it. Which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even know that that was a thing that could happen. Oh, and geez. the way it, what what they did was they they pretty much took what they did on on payday, right? Which is you have these this selection of like a couple maps. And there is some kind of uh, progression and like storyline through, like behind it. But mm-hmm. then for some stuff, you have to go to a map a couple of times. You have to kind of grind it. Yeah. Which which is a double sided story, right? Because if it's fun, then it's great. And for the artist, it means that more people are going to see more of your stuff because they're going to play one map a hundred times and just like get to know it and see all the cool stuff you did in it. Mm-hmm. But. I think for for games like this, maybe it would have been better to say, "Hey, let's just we just play through each one of these maps once. We have a linear experience, and then we're done with it. And we can focus on a narrative. We can focus on all that stuff instead of having this like you have to find this stuff to to uh, upgrade your your little hub or whatever. You know, you have to do this a thousand times, yeah, find yeah. that, get there, and and that's. But of course, what I understand why they did it, because that way it means that people are going to play it longer. They're going to, you're pretty much inflating the the, the playtime, right? Because you're telling the guy, hey, you don't have to do this once. You have to do it five times mm-hmm. um, to unlock something or to do this or to do that. And I think if it, like I said, if the, if the, if the gameplay loop is fun, then people won't have a problem with it. But if it isn't, or if it isn't enough, if it's just it doesn't feel unique enough or interesting enough, then I think it can definitely be, it could it could feel like a chore, and then you're actually shooting yourself in the foot by you you, you want to make people play the game more, and what you're doing in the end is just turning people off of the game. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's I think it's really hard to strike that perfect balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's all in the way you sell it to the player, right? Right. Like. It's exactly like you said, like, if you can sell it well, and it kind of makes sense in their mind, then it's all good. But as soon as it doesn't, then you're losing players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's, uh, yeah, it's interesting because the the game that I've been playing lately, and I talked to you about that, is Escape from Tarkov, right? Mm -hmm. And that is, the more I think about it, it's actually quite similar to that type of game, to the Starbeast type of game, where you have... A map with a couple of different areas and you can go wherever you want and you can do stuff on there yeah but it's a lot more free form first of all it's multiplayer right i mean it's not just co-op it's actual multiplayer you play against people and um and the thing is that it always has this because you you if you die you lose all your stuff so it has this added thing of you don't want to die you want to get more stuff you want to fill your hideout your your stash with all the cool shit, all the cool guns yeah, good yeah. armor and all that stuff. So there's always a motivating factor other than just um like your your 
your base basically it, yeah it's it's not just like do this five times and you win it's it's more like okay you have to do this go there find that and and because i guess the the that risk factor it, it attracts a certain kind of audience like a hardcore mm-hmm. a little bit more hardcore guys that want just like play once a week so it it it, it has this it, it might be a niche kind of game, but the people that it speaks to, it'll it'll completely like draw in and it'll make them play the game for hundreds of hours. Yeah. So it's 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 I think that's what I'm what I was saying. It's super hard to strike that balance and know what the what your audience wants from a game. Mm-hmm. And um if you just change like that structure a little bit, it might be more interesting to a completely new player base but you have to see what yeah but then you might lose your hardcore player base right exactly and that's why the like the, the developer the the he's, he's been on a couple podcasts as well like the, i think the head of development mm-hmm. uh, from escape from tarkov and he was just like yeah well if it's too hard for you just fuck off you know <laughs> <laughs> like he knows who he's like that's literally what he says yeah uh, and he's um so he really he knows his audience and he wants to cater to that audience. Yeah, so he wants I think to make a game that he wants to make, right? Yeah, like exactly. I was just about to say that. Like he with with those kind of smaller companies, like he set out to make a game that he wants to play too. Yeah. So it's it's not like when working for like a, a triple A game. Like uh a lot of people are working on the game, they're having fun, but it's not a game that they would play themselves. Yeah. Yeah, that uh that brings me to to another topic too where I can see like because because we're always going back to like oh this is how much like a game in development costs and how they need to recuperate that through like the just the millions and millions of sales that they need to make. Mm-hmm. Um what I'm constantly thinking about is also optimizing the pipeline. Because I feel that just a lot of time goes gets lost by a pipeline that is not, how um, to say, like not optimal. Hmm. Um, it's it's it turns into a bigger topic because then it's like, oh yeah, but then if you want to invest in that pipeline, you need like a big investment in that, and that turns into like a risk on its own. But yeah, that's something that I keep thinking about is that we. <clears throat> We don't really focus on that, where it's like, I feel that a lot of time could have been spent on just iterating on um, the stuff that we do as artists, just making making levels or whatever, mm-hmm. instead of trying to work around like the, the software hiccups or uh, a pipeline that is like misunderstood or is like in, in progress or whatever. I feel I feel like there's like a lot of time that goes lost on that side of things as well. Of course, yeah. I mean, that's if you if you don't uh, optimize the way you work, then you're you're throwing money out the window, right? Yeah. If you're talking from a from a economical standpoint, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just that you're you're frustrating the people that work for you, but it's a, it's a big thing that yeah, you're just pretty much throwing money out the window. Yeah. Exactly. And also the other thing, um, which kind of ties into it, it's not purely pipeline pipeline related, but it's also just the the way that game development is by itself. 
Like, it's not just like, okay, we're going to do this, and then we just follow the steps, and then it's done. Like, mm -hmm. it just goes from like, oh, we have this idea, then we start it, and then it's like, oh, uh, maybe it doesn't work. And then it's like, oh, let's try to adapt it into this. And it's it's kind of messy in the background, where I think a lot of people have this feeling that it's just like, oh, but like it starts out with this idea, and then you just execute, right? But it's it's not like that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but then also, like, uh, I'm just reading through the article as well at the same time. And a big point is the the $60 price, price mark, right? Yeah. Do you think that we should get rid of that? And just, especially for open world games that are super massive, like, for example, um, Cyberpunk. Should we, mm -hmm. should we ask more for that game or not? <sighs> Yeah, I uh, man, that's hard. So, <laughs> I know, right? I mean, the the amount of people and man hours that have gone into that game, it's yeah. it's probably worth more than sixty bucks. Like, if you compare that to, I don't know, what's another game that costs sixty bucks? I don't know, but yeah, it, 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 there's there's definitely some game that that will make. That, that, that will have a lot less content right mm -hmm. um i don't know I don't, I don't have an example right now but um i mean like if, if you just compare it to the, like the the last of us like just comparing I, comparing linear versus open world like just the workload by that simple fact by itself right it's just like gigantic yeah and of course uh, like Last of Us or Uncharted are also huge games, mm -hmm. right? And the, the amount of visual quality and everything in there yeah, is... Yeah, just super polished and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, so it's... it's it's, But but still, I mean, that that's the thing, right? In in Cyberpunk, I mean, we of course, we haven't seen that much of it yet. But making an overworld game like that is always going to be a lot more work because even though... Let's just say that even if all the worlds combined aren't aren't even that much bigger right even if that even if the scale wasn't a factor mm -hmm. in an open world game you're gonna have a lot more stuff to do because you always have one task if you're playing uncharted right you're you're like okay go there do this find that kill those guys yeah but in in in, in cyberpunk what i assume you're gonna have is you're gonna be able to i don't know get bounties be a be a bounty hunter you're going to be able to rob stores, maybe. Well, if or... it's anything like The Witcher, you can do everything under the sun, right? <laughs> yeah, you just can, yeah, you can just hang out at the pub, play some game, do like probably like underground races or something. <gasps> Dude, so I can help activities. my cyberpunk grandma with her finding her pan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Her cyber pan. Um, but yeah, exactly. There's just gonna be uh, like maybe maybe not like level art wise. I, I do think that Cyberpunk's probably gonna have a lot bigger world than than because because a lot of it can be fake, right? For The Last of Us, it looks huge, but the actual playable area is small. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. But even like I said, if that wasn't the factor, but all the from game designers, from narrative designers, from um, from programmers, all that stuff is so much bigger because you need you need and 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 then uh all the voice actors right all that stuff and more characters because you you need need not not everyone that like not it can't just be a grandma all the time giving you requests it mm -hmm. has to be you know whatever 
So yeah, just the and, sheer amount of stuff that you need is going to be so much bigger, even if the world is the same size. Exactly. If, which and won't I think it's also uh, it's also gonna gonna alleviate some of the pressure that is put on the developers themselves, where where they can basically ask whatever they want, and they can make their own judgment call, basically. Yeah. I mean, they can probably do that now. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the the marketing behind it all. But then say say if that game is, I don't know, just as an example, like one hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. That would mean that uh, roughly half of the people would be needed to turn a profit on that game, right? So then it, it's yeah. it's it's less of a risk versus reward kind of thing than it currently is. But on the other side of things, like if we really think about it in a way where as a consumer, then... $100 is a bunch of money, man. Yeah, would you pay that for Cyberpunk? Maybe I would, but it would take me... I think me... I would. Yeah, I think I would too, but it would take me a lot longer before I would put that money into it. Like I would properly yeah. wait for like reviews coming out, I would wait two weeks before all the bugs are coming out, and then I would pay 100 for for a game like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I'm the kind of person who does spend a bunch uh, uh, spend a bunch of money on on stupid skins and Counter-Strike, so I would definitely <laughs> Uh, be buying uh, cyberpunk so yeah yeah, yeah and i'm really then... conservative with my money so that's where you see the differences <laughs> you mean you're smarter that's fine well hey no that's not what i'm saying I'm more conservative no. <laughs> yeah but that's that's i mean yeah but um but for example i think i would have paid a hundred bucks for for red redemption 2 right i mean that that's that's such a crazy ride it's so much stuff i mean that's the thing not just all the stuff that they have, but also how all the stuff interacts with each other. Yeah, you know yeah. that's that's a huge thing. I mean, of course, I I, I I did find some weird bugs and like stuff that I was wasn't happy with. Yeah, but that's just like yeah, that's what it is. I, yeah, I've, it's like I've a giant world open world. world. Like there's yeah. gonna be like hiccups in it. Of course. No, no matter what you do, like people are gonna say like, oh, but then you need more QAs, you need more people on it, or like more developers looking for bugs. There's always gonna be bugs yeah. like but then half the world's gonna just be working on one game i mean come on yeah exactly it's also because like you can you can put like 100 qas on it or like a thousand qas or whatever like throw a number at it but then if you yeah. release it in a while like a million players are gonna gonna play yep. it like th- there's just no comparison like you can't put like 1 million qas on it <laughs> yeah yeah, that's it's an interesting topic because, like, I'm just thinking about like the the one, the one hundred dollar mark, right? Just as a, like a ballpark, like if I would pay that for games, and it would definitely switch my mindset to be like really looking at the reviews and like trying to find out as much as information I can about it before I would, before I would dive into it. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know if it... It would be a good thing, I think. Um, and another thing that ties into it is is also, like, uh, especially in this article, like, the last line is, like, what do you think? Would you rather have slightly shorter games, particularly if it meant fewer delays and crunch for the developers? Um, 
And just looking at that statement, it's going to be false. Like there's been there's been crunch on like smaller projects too. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it, of it, course. it purely depends on the the company structure, the company culture, and how they want to deal with stuff. If they have like good managers, and yeah, if they're just really honest about the the feature creep of their own game. Uh, because a lot of a lot of games, again, like I'm not a financial expert on this, but like a lot of games try to hit like a certain financial um what is it like a first a financial period where they're like look this is when we need to release because we, we still want to be in this financial period and yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if there's more if there's more flexibility with that um well and if and if people interested in the game are a little bit more reasonable which is never gonna happen <laughs> then i think that might help like delays mm-hmm. and and crunch a little bit, but it's still it's still a company thing. Like the company needs to be against it, and needs to yeah. actively take care of the people that work for their games. That's true. I mean, I've so I don't know. Maybe I just haven't looked enough. But lately, when when I hear that games are delaying or stuff like that, the community seems to be a little bit more understanding. Like the, the cyberpunk delay, which is the second delay now, right? Yeah, but uh, they they do have like a, a completely different mentality when it comes to that. Or like, a, I would just say like a public appearance. Because mm. um, CD Projekt Red, they're, they're seen as like the, the developer for the community, right? Mm. Because they're always so open. They're, in some weird way, they're not seen as a triple a studio in terms of like look this is just like a business no these... yeah they're not they don't have that that reputation like ea or something or Ubisoft yeah does. yeah they're not they're not trying to scam you I like they, they try to provide <laughs> like the it's just a bunch of passionate guys they, <laughs> none of them none of them want to make money they just want to make cool games right <laughs> yeah that's yeah it's I, I think it's the same with the um, with the um, Naughty Dog as well, right? It's it's not seen as this yeah true as a business, which of course all the game companies are a business. They all want to make money. They all want to make cool stuff usually, but they mm-hmm. also want to make money. So yeah, but it's yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's the it's like the public they, appearance they, of those two. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, some 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 studios can get away with it. Some some studios can't. Where it's uh yeah, it's just really interesting looking at those differences. Uh, let's have a look. What 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 else is here? Like, uh, what would you think if a publisher broke that hallowed sixty dollar price barrier for a particularly large game? I mean, we we talked about it before, but I don't. It's also happened, right? Sorry, it, it also has happened before, right? Like, wasn't aren't aren't PS4 games like seventy five bucks now? I thought they were more expensive now, a little bit. Uh... I thought like the Spider-Man when it came out was like seven. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't buy a lot of console games. But yeah, I me think... neither. But I do know that console games are often more expensive than PC games. Yeah. Yeah. Like but yeah. I... Imagine. Imagine if you're the company that says like, okay, this is going to be an open world game. It's going to be about this, and it's going to be 100 bucks. Like, I don't want to be the first company that does that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess some some companies kind of got around that, 
Like I, I remember play, paying uh, 115 bucks for Battlefield 4 because you because I bought Battlefield Premium, which means that you get all the DLC. Yeah, but that's, that's true. another DLC is a whole other thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you you get into the territory where where game companies at least they feel like they're they're cutting stuff from the main game to put it in a DLC, mm-hmm. which can be it can for the player it feels really stupid. But I mean, yeah. You know, it's a well, lot it's, of content, it, and like, oh, yeah, it's, it's also in some in some cases that's not just not true, but it does happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's but yeah, it's that's... not at every time. If you have a good DLC, it's not that it means that it's been taken from the main game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like so, it, it, it kind of it's it's going about this perception thing again, right? Like it's the perception of did it feel like it could have been in the main game, or did it feel like something? completely separate yeah <clears throat> yeah man this is uh this is an interesting topic like i'm i'm really curious where this is gonna go mm-hmm. because yeah i do feel that it would be good to have more smaller games um oh yeah that's actually another thing that we haven't talked about is that a lot of a lot of studios are like well, at least they were a couple of months ago, where they're like, oh, single-player games don't sell. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? That's that's what? some more yeah. shit. <laughs> that's, that's not true. That's just blatantly a lie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like justifying the existence of open worlds. Where I think open worlds can stand on their own quite well. Mm-hmm. It's just like... When it, when it comes down to this stuff, like, I just want to see more games, more unique experiences, less less reboots less mm-hmm. um Same. i want to see yeah i want to see creativity in big studios being accepted more yeah that's what i'm excited about and if this is a way to do it then i'm all for it yeah i agree i mean it's that's the thing there's a lot more games indie games out there right right now too right which means that they're there's always going to be more good indie games. If there's mm-hmm. just going to be a, there's always going to be all, more bad games too. But if it's more, if there's more indie developers out there, it means that in the end, more indie games are going to be on the market that are good. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that that also opens a whole uh, up a whole different thing, right? That's small teams that usually make games that are maybe like thirty bucks, twenty five bucks, right? And and that can that a player can potentially have the same amount of fun with. Maybe they're not as polished, maybe they're not as long, but uh, I don't know. That there was this medieval game, Mordhau, right? I don't know if you if you mm-hmm. if you got any like if you if you noticed that game at all. I've I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that game was huge for a couple months. It, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty much dead now, which I think has to do with there's if if a small company gets so much larger, like such a large audience, so quickly. It's really hard to handle, yeah, yeah. But, um, but that game, a lot of people bought it, and a lot of people had the same amount of fun or even more with it than they would have had with a AAA game, right? Mm-hmm. But there was a lot more bugs, a lot more like unfinished graphics stuff that was in there. But people, if if it's a fun game, they don't have to necessarily care. So that's the thing, right? You can also make games with a lot less people and a lot less money if you're if you're hitting something that's that's new because i don't know i there's chivalry but there's not really any other like huge medieval 
first-person fighting games, right? So, yeah, I'm not that aware of those medieval fighting games, but yeah, I I do understand that point where it's like people tend to focus a lot on just the amount of hours. Like you know, you know, back when open world games were like just like this 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 new thing, and it's like, oh, this map is like so many square kilometers. Mm-hmm. That was like a selling point where uh, now it's like, oh, this game is like eighty hours long, and it's like, yeah. like the the amount of hours doesn't matter. Like it's it's how you spend them. Yeah. Like if you have fun within within like all those 80 hours that's good but if you only have fun for like the first two hours then it doesn't matter if the game is 80 hours long or not right yeah 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 but that's a that's a good point that you brought up with like um the the surge well it's not a surge anymore it's like a a proper um a proper chunk of the games industry at this point like indie games yeah like uh yeah if i'm if i'm looking for new experiences I often tend to gravitate towards indie games, and even yeah, if, even if I don't like the game itself, like or like the end of it, or I don't play through it, it's like yeah, I had fun, and that's enough. Yeah, yeah, man. I think that's 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 exactly the point, right? I think, I mean, of course, there's these miracle stories of stuff like Stardew Valley or Minecraft, right? Which, mm-hmm. I mean, that you can't calculate that. It's just this one guy having a great idea. And yeah. working on it for a couple couple of years and then it just and just throwing ex- all his passion into it. it. Yeah. Um and then that that becomes an, an amazing game that that's loved by millions and all that stuff. But that's just an outlier. You can't really treat that as something that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's there's definitely a place for for indie developers to 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 say, hey, we're gonna make this game. We're gonna make it fifteen or ten hours or five hours long. We're just gonna craft this vision that we have, and you can play it. Pay twenty five bucks for it. You have a great experience, and then you're done, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's especially for like if it maybe if it handles some kind of mature themes. You know, it might be it might be something for people that 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 are a little bit like that that are grown up they have they might not have as much time to play mm-hmm. and then that's perfect they don't want a long game they just want to have a great experience for a couple hours yeah so then that might be exactly what they're looking for yeah like if we're talking oh. specifically about um well ubisoft for this example i kind of want to see more divisions like that within ubisoft where it's like we we have the big triple a kind of sections and then we mm-hmm. have like the smaller uh, sections that focus on like new experiences, AAA games, VR stuff. We're already yeah. doing that, but yeah. I just want to see uh, the balance a bit shift towards those smaller experiences a little bit more. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a lot of interesting stuff there. I mean, mm-hmm. what's that? What's that World War Two game? That's that's a Ubisoft game. Oh, was Valiant that? Hearts? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I played that, and it's it's a really cool experience. It's, it's uh, I mean, in the end, what it is, it's just a kind of a point and click adventure, like right. It's a side scroller, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting because you need to switch the characters and stuff. And it tells a really, I mean, it's it's handling fucking World War Two. I mean, that's pretty that's pretty grim right there, right? Yeah, yeah, and exactly. It's, and it's from what I have seen, it's been handling it pretty well. I haven't played through that, I think, but that's 
that's an experience that people can have. They can, you know, they can have like an emotional response to it. And it's, mm-hmm. it's an indie game, but it's, well, it's not an indie game, of course, but it, it feels like an indie game. Um, so I think, yeah, there's, there's definitely, um, there's definitely a, a space for that stuff, right? Yeah, there's, yeah, exactly. There's, there's space for that. There's, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be Battlefield, Counter-Strike and, uh, and Call of Duty for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I'm curious, uh, towards the future, how that's going to change. Yeah. Should we, uh, should we switch it up and dive into one of the questions? Sure, man. I, uh... It's it's already fifty one minutes in, so I want to keep it with like, uh, yeah, I know we we get on tangents and it's just like a nice flow and <laughs> yeah, it's I all mean, good. That's good though, right? Yeah. Um. So I I wanna I wanna end it with like a, a short one from from Lloyd, mm-hmm. um, and he asks like, what is the weirdest thing you ever made for a game? You want mm-hmm. you want to take this one? Oh, I have to think about this for a little bit. Do you have an answer right now? Oh, yeah, yeah, I have an answer. Okay, go ahead, go like ahead. I, I made the vomit for Planet Coaster. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I still remember the, the time when, like, uh, one of the art directors came to me. Well, I came to our team, and they were like, uh, okay, so, you know, like, this is the staple of, like, the, the roller coaster games. They we're like, look, if you get sick... There needs to be vomit. So who wants to do it? And um, I still remember that uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, like um, another artist from the team was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll do it," because they didn't they didn't really. Oh no, they didn't really tell us in the beginning. They were just like, "Oh, I have this small task for some artist in this team," <laughs> and then uh, Lisa, like a fellow artist, she was like, "Yep, I'll do it." And then they told her that it was like, oh yeah, you need to you need to make this this sick for the game. <laughs> she was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then she had to look through reference pictures. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. And that's the important part. <laughs> and she was like, ah, maybe you can do it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. So I was like, uh, man, it's one of the weirdest conversations that I had. I was like sculpting it in ZBrush because it had to have chunks in it. So I was I was talking to the art director and I was like, okay, but what kind of chunks do you want? Like, do you want carrots? Do you want something different? Like what what kind of chunks are we talking about here? <laughs> I think it should be dynamic, man. I think it should be if they went to the hot dog stand before, then they should have hot dog chunks in oh. it. If they went to get popcorn, you know, then it should be popcorn. Oh, whatever. it turned out to be so small in the end anyway. Like you couldn't even see the chunks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, it was it was funny. This leads into like the, the next story. Like because um, I had to test it, right? So I had like a debug uh, command that I could as soon as people would enter the park, they would start to vomit. So I could see if it looked all right. And that if the pivot was okay and all that stuff. <clears throat> so I I just put it to 100. So as soon as people came in, they started to vomit. And then I accidentally committed that to the build. Oh, no. So <laughs> the next day, I came in and everyone was just like, what the fuck? My people are constantly sick. What the hell is happening in my park? I was like, uh, well, might have been me, guys. Sorry. Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, that might be the weirdest thing. And that was, yeah, that was my first project as well. 
and it only it only took me like uh half an hour to an hour to to get it done and to get it fully in the game and all that stuff but it's <laughs> yeah that's one of the weirdest thing i have ever made in in a game <laughs> what about you man you got something i'm I'm, so there's one thing that I don't think I can talk about yet, even though it's announced, but I don't think I can say that I worked on it. Oh, it's actually, all right. already it's already out, but I can't I don't think I can talk about it yet. Oh um, okay. It's 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 kind of weird. Um Well don't and, talk about uh, it then. I don't want you to risk it. <laughs> yeah. And um and I don't know if there's a, like another really weird thing that I did. Hmm. I'm I'm I I'm not sure. That's like I on on the on the Walking Dead, which is like the first big project that I worked on. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was pretty much just doing like uh, level like set dressing. Yeah, and and just some you know like some uh, industrial props, and then there's some other stuff that I worked on at that company that I can't talk about. Can't talk about anything that I worked uh, on at Ubisoft, so I don't know. <laughs> Fairly limited in choices, right there. But that's yeah. all right. Um, I mean, I I remember making. Um, I was when I had that internship at a small indie company. Uh, I was working on a on a like a soccer manager type mobile game, mm-hmm. and I made like a really weird hairdos for a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't like I, I'm not a character artist, but I was like sculpting like an Elvis haircut for the for the soccer players and like a, a huge afro, and it just looked really ridiculous. I yeah, mean, yeah. I guess that's the weirdest thing that I worked on. It's just and and and, and because we, you know, it didn't have a lot of um, a lot of uh, like it had to run on mobile, right? You don't have a lot of uh, budget. Yeah, yeah. So we wouldn't have alpha cards, so they would just look like a Lego man that you would plop. Pop oh, like yeah, a sculpted like... thing of head on, <laughs> hair on. <laughs> Looks like a dot of ice cream or something. <laughs> exactly. That was. But yeah, it's that's that's probably the craziest thing. I don't have any. Didn't work on any any uh any bodily fluids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was thinking about changing up my title after that one. I was like, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe this is my niche. This is where I'm gonna land. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. No, that's all right. Like, uh, there's still enough time. We can we can do this in in like a year or something and and talk about uh, some weird stuff that we created. <laughs> yeah, I hope I can talk about it by then. And we have we have to do a we have to do a, a podcast about NDA and how much it sucks sometime. Oh man, yeah, that would be yeah. a good one actually. All right, man. Well, yeah, uh, that's all right if you have nothing. We. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. In the future, we can we can dig up some stories and, and talk oh, about yeah. some crazy shit. <laughs> Definitely, man. All right, cool. So that's gonna do it for this episode of the podcast. Um, thanks everyone for joining. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. All right, catch you in the next one. Bye bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you did, then you can check out the playlist on the right for more episodes and don't forget to like, subscribe or share it with friends. If you're an environment artist trying to break into the industry or just looking to grow your skills, you can find a ton more resources like weekly tips, blog posts and more on beyondextend.com. But that's going to do it from our side, thanks so much for joining us and a shout out to all of our Patreon supporters who made this possible.